It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Deflection. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It is Friday, August 25th, 2023. And there's a lot of deflection going on in the world of Major League Baseball. You're going to hear that as a thread as we do this Friday show. Live on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. And if you're listening and not watching, thank you. But if you are watching, we're going to start deflecting. Deflecting is great. Let's start with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and the Shohei Otani injury. Everybody's deflecting the blame because everyone, as we've talked about on this show, that's a weird verbal crutch I have. It doesn't matter that we've talked about it before. It's something that is interesting to talk about now in my mind. When you lose games, when you don't perform at the level you're supposed to perform at, when your company doesn't perform, when you don't personally perform, when something doesn't happen that you expected to have, everyone's gotta blame somebody. That's the rule. I don't quite get that. And you got to make sure, not my fault, John over there was supposed to do it. He didn't get it done. It's his fault. Who's to blame in the Shohei Otani situation? And the reason why it's being discussed is that he missed a start. He had arm fatigue. And that arm fatigue turned into a torn UCL. So what the Angels are doing properly, because they want to deflect the blame, he was fine. It was fatigue. He obviously must have torn it on a specific pitch in his last start, meaning the start that he came out after a couple innings, on Wednesday's start. That's got to be it. And if you don't believe that, the Angels had an alternative argument. Alternative arguments are when you say, hey, I did not go to Vegas. But if I did go to Vegas, I didn't gamble. That's an alternative argument when you're having an argument about gambling with your significant other. The Angels, he was not complaining. There was no reason for an MRI. And if there were a reason for an MRI, it would only be because he would ask for it. The Angels started with that line of reasoning, which is, hey, he knows his body better than we do. He tells us when he's ready to go. He tells us when he's ready to pitch. He dictates his own schedule. I grant you Otani is a special generational talent. One of the most overused expressions. He's a generational guy. I like that. He is, maybe. I mean, three of the best years you'll ever see in a row in the history of baseball, yes. A generation is not defined as far as I can tell, and we looked pre-show. Generations are never three years long, but let's just say generational. I had a couple generational guys. 
Never once, never once did they dictate their plane, their career. The only exception, and the reason I'm knowledgeable about this and why it makes me crazy and triggering is the Jose Fernandez situation where his agent required us to push his start back a day as a settlement for him going above his prescribed pitch count in his last start, it turns out, ever against Philadelphia. So you're asking me if I'm triggered or if I deflect blame. I don't, I take the blame that I allowed myself to be influenced in that specific instance. But for a team to come out and say, hey, when Otani, he just lets us know. You can't run your team that way. What do you say like three days in advance? Hey, Shohei, are you good to go next Wednesday? We got to plan a rotation. We may need to make roster moves. We got to have someone ready. It's not how it happens. So what interests me now with Shohei Otani is what he's going to do. And we're reading everywhere, breaking news. Shohei Otani has boarded the plane for New York to play against whatever that team is. The New York Mets. We promised we wouldn't even talk about them. Do not put their name in your mouth. History would tell us that he likes hitting, he wants to hit, it's gonna keep hitting, and he's gonna delay Tommy John. What's the difference? Do it in a month instead of today. They're not gonna make the playoffs. The season ends in a little over a month. No problem. I vehemently disagree with that. It is a big problem. Every day that you delay Tommy John is a day that you will not play in 2024. So what would be his reason? He loves the game. He doesn't want to let his teammates down. He thinks the Angels still have a chance. Don't say it. He wants to get 50 home runs. No, that is not at all how Japanese players think. Does he have an interest in finishing what he started, not looking like a quitter? Shohei, a little word of advice, please. Get your second opinion. The way second opinions work is they come from a pre-approved list. In the collective bargaining agreement, there's a pre-approved list of who second opinion doctors can be. Players are allowed to get a second opinion. The first opinion is from the team doctor, then the players get a second opinion from an approved doctor, and then you talk to the team. But the team doesn't decide which players get surgery when. The player does. We can't force our players to get Tommy John. We can't force our players to get the bone chip removed. Your arm's locked up, you can't straighten it. I think you should get surgery to remove bone chips. All right, I don't want surgery. Fine, you're not pitching, not our problem. The issue is when a player's on a long-term deal and they choose not to have surgery, instead they choose the conservative route of let's rehab. We used to call it the Tanaka. The Tanaka is when you try to be healthy without surgery, and it works. That is rare. So we will sit and try to convince the player and the player agent that it's in the player's best interest to get this taken care of as quickly as possible because you don't want to be ineffective 
You don't want to play hurt. Players have this thing. And I get it, actually. They are under the mistaken impression that in a multiple choice test, leaving a question blank is worse than getting a question wrong. And in some exams that are standardized, which maybe you're not aware of anymore because you don't need to take standardized tests anymore for all of the 9.6% of you who are still taking standardized tests. There are some standardized tests where it's better to guess. You don't get penalized for getting it wrong. You get penalized for leaving it blank. So guess the key is to know in advance what the rules are. In arbitration, teams will argue, this guy was on the DL three times. He is injury prone and we ought to be comparing him to other such players who are injury prone. The fact is that players have the advantage in this regard because what really is looked at by arbitrators is when a player plays and is bad because then teams get to argue, look at this player, here were his results. The player then says, but wait a minute, I was hurt. The arbitrator says, then why did you play? It is better to play well or not at all than to be a hero, play hurt and play ineffectively. Shoei Otani is not eligible for arbitration anymore. He's still gonna make his $30 million this year. He has one month left six months at $5 million a month. He will make the $5 million for September, whether he plays an inning or not. Next year, he will be a free agent, whether he gets surgery now or not. If he wants to try to rehab and not get the surgery and get a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion, fine. You don't need to be doing anything that could in any way either delay or endanger your comeback. It makes no sense. So of course, you've got doctors deflecting, you've got front offices, you've got players, agents. Hey, you can't get hurt more as a hitter when you need Tommy John. I've heard that before from the doctors. The theory there is that when something's ripped, it's ripped. When it's torn, it's torn. Your rotator cuff, your hamstring, it is true if your hamstring's totally torn off the bone, then running will not tear it more. But it certainly won't help you recover, will it? But with an arm, if you're not throwing and you're only hitting and the act of swinging a bat does nothing to your elbow because of the way you hold the bat, the way you swing, you can't hurt it anymore. Let's pretend that that's true. That doesn't address my issue of the fact that it delays surgery and rehab and return. So under what scenario would Otani still be playing? There are no teams who will offer him more money next year because he plays the last month. There's no teams who will offer him less money if he plays the last month and plays badly or less money if he plays the last month and well, or if he doesn't play the last month. I think those are all the scenarios. You either don't play or play, and if you play, you either play well or don't play well. You don't play and you get surgery. You don't play and you don't get surgery. Those are also scenarios. None of them will impact what Otani will make next year. 
all the front offices are now going to look at him as a hitter and figure out how to satisfy him as a player who may pitch one day, but not this day. We had a wait to see yesterday, and I don't remember whether we said it. It was in the document. We're repeating it today so there can be no doubt Shohei Otani will have Tommy John surgery. Wait to see. Sometimes pitchers cannot come back from injuries at all. No matter what they do, they try and they work hard. I've seen it with shoulders. Shoulders are tougher than you think. I would argue in my experience of practicing medicine without a law degree, 6-12-69. I would argue practicing law without a medical degree that shoulders are worse than elbows. There's other injuries that pitchers can have, and it's way more common with pitchers than with position players. Position players, when you sign them to long-term deals and you think about insuring them, insuring a contract is when you go to a company, you pay a huge premium every year. In order for that insurance company to pay you money, the player you're insuring has to miss an entire season, then you have to sue them, and then you have to hope that you get some sort of settlement. But if you don't pay the premium right on time, then you have no chance at all. I hated insuring players, rarely did it. It's called self-insuring, which is code word for not insuring at all. Self-insuring is when you say, hey, if he gets hurt, we'll just make it part of the payroll and we'll lower the on-team payroll. We'll lower the on-field payroll and we'll pay the player not to play. That's self-insuring. Steven Strasburg will never pitch again in Major League Baseball. As a matter of fact, on June 5th of 2023, we're revisiting a wait to see and we said that Steven Strasburg will never pitch again in Major League Baseball. It didn't take long. Here we are on August 25th, and Steven Strasburg has announced that he will be retiring. There's going to be a ceremony against the Dodgers sometime in September. Very exciting. The owners of the Nationals are going to take the field. They're going to put chairs on the field. They're going to present him with some sort of hospital gown, maybe. They're gonna celebrate the 2019 World Series, celebrate the great career of Steven Strasburg, three-time All-Star, hip, hip, hooray. Number one overall pick, what was it, Coca? I'm gonna guess like 2009, something like that. Number one overall, the can't miss Boris guy. Steven Strasburg is 35 years old. He's in the middle of a seven-year, $245 million contract that was signed before they could clean up the parade route in DC. The Nats won the World Series. Strasburg was the MVP in October of 2019. Didn't occur to anybody that COVID would happen. Didn't occur to the Nationals that there was gonna be a problem going forward, what occurred to the Nationals is 
I love you, Scott. I want to sign your player. But wait a minute. They were cautioned by many people in the game. You know, Strasburg isn't healthy. He doesn't stay healthy. Why would you be giving him a seven-year contract right now? What would be possessing you to sign him for seven years and $245 million? And the Nationals responded, we've got this. Don't you worry. We defer money. We may not invest it with Bernie Madoff and make money on our deferred money, but we invested in our other businesses. We keep our cash flow available for other purposes, increasing payroll, covering losses, fighting with Angelos, but deferring money is our thing. Major League Baseball has a rule that they do not absolutely at all enforce, thank God for the Nationals, you're supposed to fund all of your deferred comp, which would defeat the purpose of deferring comp. The rule is that if you're paying Steven Strasburg $30 million a year, but the cash you're giving him is only 20, and then you're gonna give him 10 million in 10 years, you have to take that money, that 10 million, and secrete it away in a separate account, a deferred comp account, so that the union knows that that player will not get screwed and become an unsecured creditor of a bankrupt entity. That's the risk when you take deferred comp from your job is that when it's time to get paid, there will be no company to pay you and you will have absolutely no recourse. A little trick that is done in sports and other business, so pay attention to this. Take a look at the entity that is signing the contract that you have. In baseball, we had an entity called Miami Marlins LP, started off as Montreal Expos LP, ended up as Florida Marlins LP and then Miami Marlins LP. The only entity in that was the franchise. No other assets. Put the franchise into bankruptcy, get online. Good luck. Hope you get paid. The union recognizing this is a possibility agreed that there should be some sort of account for deferred comp where you're allowed a certain amount and after that, you have to prove it. And you're supposed to every year prove it. So here's what teams would do. Did you know that a balance sheet is a snapshot? Just picture this for one minute. Uh, picture a traffic circle and you're trying to show traffic patterns in the traffic circle and you take a picture of the traffic circle at five o'clock on a Tuesday and then you extrapolate that that's what it looks like at 2 a.m. on a Saturday. Of course not. 5 p.m. on a Tuesday, it's gonna be a hell of a lot more crowded and full of cars going, hey kids, Big Ben Parliament. Hey kids, Big Ben Parliament. If you revisited that same circle at 2 a.m. on a weekend, people would be flying around there, no problem finding the exit. Balance sheets are the same thing. When you look at a balance sheet of a company or a business, it gives you an as of date. As of 
June 15th, 2023. That means that that is the statement of accounts on that particular day. Tomorrow, it's gonna be different. The way teams deal with deferred comp is they have to show baseball an account with money in it on a particular day. So guess what teams do? Shh, don't tell anyone. Am I gonna get in trouble, Coca? I mean, I wanna be the GM of the Yankees, so I really feel as though I shouldn't say this because what if I'm not gonna be allowed anymore to be the GM of the Yankees? Oh no, Jeter will be the GM of the Yankees, so I'm fine, I'm totally fine. What teams do is they transfer money from a credit line into an account. They take a snapshot of that account showing all the available money, and then they remove that money immediately and pay back the credit line, pay back the debt, or use the money elsewhere. Totally legal, not the spirit of the rule, but totally accepted. Sort of like the debt service rule. There was a great spirit there, but the union never really understood that by agreeing to the debt service rule, which is a rule in baseball where a team can only have so much debt, that that had a quashing impact on payroll. The owners wanted that rule because they wanted to keep payroll down. And there's all these punishments if you violate the debt service rule. We violated the debt service rule every year. You want proof? that John Fisher's not lying about what the Oakland A's are losing or that I wasn't lying? Why don't you ask baseball how many times we were in violation of the debt service rule? And do you know how you're in violation of the debt service rule? When you have more than the allowable amount of debt versus your amount of EBITDA, it's a multiple. Guess what happens when your EBITDA is negative? Just guess what happens. What's two times minus two? For those of you who have math issues, it's minus four. Minus two times a positive number, minus any number times a positive number is a negative number. Which means when you have negative EBITDA, but you have positive debt, which means you have any debt at all, other than what's allowed and they give you a floor of what you can have. If you have a new ballpark, you can have $50 million of debt. If you have a semi-new ballpark, you could have $25 million of debt. It's a little more like 100 versus 50 or something like that. All teams have more debt than that. We had a new ballpark, we had way more debt with that than that. We didn't have a new ballpark and we still had way more debt than that. But if you have negative EBITDA, you're allowed exactly $0 of debt. Therefore, you are in violation of the debt service rule and the punishment is anywhere from losing your franchise to not being allowed to go to owner's meetings. Guess what our punishments were every year for being in violation of the debt service rule? We had to have a meeting with the CFO of baseball and explain, quote, our path to compliance. This is what we're gonna do to not be in violation of the debt service rule. And they'd say, great, thank you, see you later. And this is not me criticizing the commissioner or the commissioner's office. I'm really not criticizing the union either. I'm just trying to explain what's happening. Steven Straussberg, 
has deferred money coming to him. He has regular money coming to him. And for those of you who are wondering, when you retire, you're not really retiring. Steven Strasburg is not giving up one penny, not one. Insurance isn't covering it, the Nationals are. So when you look at the Nationals payroll next year, guess who's getting paid 26.6 million? Steven Strasburg. Guess what else? There's deferred money because his actual salary is 35 million. So not only are the Nationals paying Strasburg $26 million over six months next year for him not to play, but they're also taking $11 million or $10 million and paying it out in a couple of years when in theory, there'll be a new owner. Now we're getting technical again, but when the new owner buys the team in Washington, you can bet your bippy that they are not paying Steven Strasburg's deferred money. It will be a purchase price adjustment as sure as the clouds outside my window. Okay. Sufficiently worked up, Coca. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to review a movie about a father and son relationship. And then we're gonna talk about what's going on with the White Sox because if you thought just firing Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn was all that's going on, you're missing a few other things. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Matthew Koch and I are here every Monday to Friday, 8 to 8.45 a.m. live. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go on our website, davidsampsonpodcast.com. We have merch available. We have shows available. We are trying to find a way. And if you know how to do this, then please contact the people who operate our website. We're trying to get the document on the website that has every way to see, every nothing personal pick of the day, every movie that we've reviewed. You would think that we're asking to solve the Middle East peace process. So I do watch a movie every day. I did something last night, Coca, that I am hesitant to admit. 
I'm training for this challenge, September 22nd to 24th, four miles every four hours for 48 hours. It's a challenge of exhaustion, physical exertion, and it requires mental strength. I'm a little out of shape right now. I've not been training the way I should, but last night I trained for the exhaustion part. So I purposefully stayed up till five o'clock this morning and then had the alarm set for 6.40 this morning to get up and do the show or get up and run. In this case, it was to get up and do the show. And I must tell you, Coco, I'm gonna need a little work. It's not that I'm so tired because I can do the show and I'm actually not even slurring my words. On the other hand, when the alarm went off and I was just in the middle of a dream, there was zero chance that I wanted to run four miles. And I mean, zero. The movie I watched maybe two days ago was called Like Harvey, Like Son. Like Harvey, Like Son is a documentary about a son who ran the Appalachian Trail and was going for the world record covering the entire thousands of miles of the Appalachian Trail in 45 days or fewer. And his father served as the principal crew member. The Appalachian Trail, there's no Ritz Carlton on the way. There's not even a Holiday Inn Express. You need a crew vehicle, you sleep in a tent, you cook food on a stove, you meet fascinating people. And the movie is about the journey of this son trying to get this record and what happens with his relationship with his father and the closeness they feel. And the emotional part about it is that it is so rare, and I don't mean doing the Appalachian Trail. The rare part is having an opportunity to do something with your father or for a father to be able to do something with his child that will be an experience that will bond them in a way that fatherhood does not. It requires a moment, an experience. What you try to do is build on smaller experiences and hope that they add up. Hope that your child recognizes your attempt, your balance, your work-life balance, your work-fatherhood balance, even when you suck at it. Hope that your son and children understand why you made the decisions you made, and then hope that there'll be times when there's a chance for an experience. My son, who is a junior in college, he is doing the 4448 challenge to raise money for Parkinson's in September. He's doing it with me. There's a group of us doing it, and I'm so thankful that he's doing it, and I'm so excited for that experience, for that memory. And maybe one day we will do the Appalachian Trail together. If you're looking to be inspired by a physical and mental feat that will make my 4448 or running seven marathons in seven days on seven continents, if you're looking for something that is far more difficult, go run the Appalachian Trail. And I'm not trying to poo-poo or deflect any of the pride I have for doing the things I've done off the field that anyone could do. It just takes insanity and never quitting. Go watch Like Harvey Like Son. 
if you have a child or you have a parent, and I believe Coca told me pre-show that if I say that, the subset of people who either have a child or a parent, we just did an audience engagement survey and 100% of the nothing personal audience either has a child or a parent or both, then please go watch this movie. All right, let's talk about the White Sox. I read something yesterday that is not true. They're saying it's true, and I wanna tell you how untrue it is. And I am not here to criticize the White Sox Talk podcast. I'm not here to criticize Ryan McGuffey. I'm not here to criticize anybody who does their job and is good at their job. I'm only here to tell you how things work because I've done them. Kenny Williams was involved in every decision made on the baseball side in Chicago. Can we please be clear about that? No matter him saying he stepped back in 2012, 2013, Rick Kahn was promoted. You think Kenny Williams opened up the newspaper or waited for a tweet or he waited for the transactions page? Oh, he traded that guy? Didn't know. It's absolutely absurd. There is a report that Kenny Williams specifically made that trade with the Marlins that just happened at the deadline where the hamburger guy, the third baseman, great guy, great in the clubhouse, great addition to the fish, power, doesn't it for average, great addition. Jake Berger, is it Jake? I'm completely blanking. Maybe this is because I didn't sleep. The, the Marlins traded a guy named Jake, but what is Berger's first name? Coke, if you have it, I'll take it. If you don't have it, don't worry about it. What came out yesterday is that it is Jake. So Jake was traded for Jake. That's funny. Jake for Jake. No, I know that's why, but you still could have told me, Coca, that I was right instead of staying silent. Am I supposed to think that your silence is acquiescence or agreement that what I'm saying is right? I still wouldn't mind hearing, hey, it's Jake. So Jake Berger for Jake Etter top prospect for the Marlins. Comes out yesterday that Kenny Williams made that trade because the arrangement Kenny Williams had with Rick Hahn, this is so good, it's so good, that Kenny Williams had the authority to make trades with only two of the other 29 teams and the Marlins are one of them. I can't tell you that we have come across a better example of horse hockey since we started this program. Kenny Williams? Oh, we're, you know, we're talking to the Orioles. Oh, let me check my list, hold on. Mar no, not on my list. Sorry, can't talk to you. Hey, we're at owners meetings, hey Kenny. I saw Kenny at a million owners meetings. Hey, Kenny, what do we got? What do we got going? Nope, can't talk to you. Oh, no, I can. The Marlins are on the list. Expos aren't. So ridiculous. That's a pretty good level of dysfunction when what they're going out there saying and want to get the word out is that Kenny 
had nothing to do with the demise and the fall. He's a son to Jerry. Terrible that we had to fire Kenny. Here's a question. If Kenny had nothing to do with the baseball decisions, then why do you have to fire Kenny Williams? If Kenny only was dealing with two teams, don't you want to wait to see if Jake Eddard pans out as a White Sox? Sox? Player? What do you say? What's the plural of White Sox? The White Sox. You're a member of the Chicago White Sox. All the different White Sox players. Yeah, it's the same thing. Gaggle of geese. That doesn't seem to follow. I don't quite get it. The whole release by Jerry Reinsdorf would indicate that Kenny Williams did have the authority, the power to steer trades to more than two teams and to be involved in baseball because, as Jerry said, it's an old cliche, but we're a results-driven business. I would only assume they fired their head of ticket sales, their head of corporate sales, their head of business operations, and maybe even the owner fired himself. Would you give me a break? It's a pretty good level of dysfunction, isn't it? NFL preseason starts this weekend. That's it. No more baseball talk. Nothing personal is committed to bringing you the latest and greatest in these amazing NFL preseason games. Who's covering what, when, how, and where? Who's hurt? Who's fighting? Nope, not preseason games. Sorry. I wanted to say that differently, Coca. Ready? Two, six, nine. Nothing personal is committed to bringing to you what happens in all the NFL joint practices, all the exciting fights, all the competition that has replaced preseason games as the field where it happens prior to the regular season. Have you been reading about these joint practices and all the fights? Earlier this week, Jason Kelsey, half of the Kelsey brothers, he of the Eagles, Remember that fight he got in with the Colts? The Eagles were playing the Colts and they were having a joint practice and then they were playing a preseason game. But in the joint practice, they had a fight and then Kelsey apologized. He said, it's too much. Shouldn't have done it. Meanwhile, there's all these fights happening all the time because all these joint practices keep getting canceled. And it got me thinking, what are we doing here? How close are we to gambling on the result of a series during a joint practice? Three and out. It's four to one that the Eagles will go three and out in the fourth series of the joint practice on August 10th, 2023. Why aren't we betting on that? The players seem to be taking that more seriously than games. No one plays in preseason games anymore. It's very weird. You wouldn't have a baseball player start a season without playing spring training games. You wouldn't have a basketball player play a season without playing preseason games. You don't play the full game. You don't play the maximum minutes. You see what baseball players do. They start with one at bat or two at bats and they work their way up. Pitchers start with one inning or two innings and work their way up. In football, don't you worry. It's not a dangerous sport. But we don't want players playing any longer than they have to. No extra snaps, no nothing. As a matter of fact, we're gonna put in the collective bargaining agreement how often we can even practice with pads because their heads start hurting when they hit each other. 
The reason why I smile at this, and it's a very serious topic, is that there's a lot of money in the gambling space for preseason games. There is a lot of money in preseason. When you're a season ticket holder in football, you are not buying an eight or nine game package. The reason I say eight or nine is football teams now with the expanded 17th game, they switch off. One year they have eight home games, one year they have nine home games. But as a season ticket holder, guess what you're buying? You guessed it, the preseason games. You can't be a season ticket holder without buying them. The NBA does it too. When you buy an NBA season ticket package, you must buy the home preseason games. We don't do that in baseball only because they're played at different venues. You can't make people buy season tickets in Arizona when you are a season ticket holder in Pittsburgh. I get that. I was always upset about that because our spring training, we were one of the two teams that went north at the end of spring training. And our spring training was always right near our ballpark in the same city. I never understood why we couldn't combine it. Oh, that's right, we had no demand. In my opinion, Roger Goodell needs to figure out going forward what they're gonna do with preseason. It becomes newsworthy when a player is playing a preseason game. Aaron Rodgers is playing this weekend and Robert Sala had to come out with a quote saying, hey, I know he hasn't played a preseason game since 2018, but we gotta get him ready. We wanna get him used to the MetLife turf. Would you give me a break? We, gotta want to, we wanna play him behind his offensive line. We want him to have confidence. The reason Aaron Rodgers hasn't played since 2018 in preseason, he doesn't wanna play. Why would he bother? Which means what's the use of preseason other than the money? The reason why I think changes have to be made is when you've got a sport where they don't want their best players playing because they don't need the warm-up and the risk of injury is so great, I think you've got a bigger underlying problem. But Aaron Rodgers is gonna play Saturday night against the Giants. That'll be awfully exciting. People are gonna come to the game. And if you're stuck online at the urinal, you may miss him. Oh no, he'll play more than one series. That's the criteria. Aaron Rodgers came in and played for two possessions. If you got a hot dog at MetLife Stadium, I don't know who you're gonna watch because Mike White's in concussion protocol from a preseason game. I like the fact that coaches don't want their players fighting. We would encourage our players not to fight. It's not worth it. Why have self-inflicted injuries? I like talking to you about self-inflicted stuff. I love the fact, and I mean love the fact, that the coach of the Browns, Albert Breer wrote an article. He's an NFL writer. And his name is Kevin Steph Stefanski. He's got a rule, and it's a very simple rule. If you're in a joint practice and you get into a fight, guess what? you've got to play in the preseason. Isn't that amazing? It's like punishment. If you get into a fight in school, then you're not allowed to, to go to recess. All right, I'm not gonna get into a fight. I love recess. Players so badly don't wanna play preseason games that that's the punishment. It's so good, it's so good. I think changes will have to be made. Nothing personal pick of the day. Did you watch the Twins beat the Rangers last night? So we are back 
to 116 and 116. 232 games in, and I can't tell you if I'm up or down other than down. All right, I got two games for you to focus on. A lot of, you know what? I don't want to be that guy, Coca. I don't want to be the guy. There's a lot of important series this weekend. That is what I do as an analyst on CBS, and I like doing that. I like saying that. This is a critical series. You want to draw interest in the series. As team president, we would say, this is very important that the, we have to win two out of three. We'll sit with our manager and say that. I'll go on the air and say, this is really an important series. The team has to win two out of three. You don't need to say that on August 25th. If you are within five games of a wild card spot, you are six days away from being able to send out playoff invoices because you can send them out if you're within five games on September 1st. That was my rule. Every series is important. If you've got a 14 game lead and you haven't yet clinched the division, it's still important. It becomes less important when you've clinched your spot. So I'm not gonna tell you that the Brewers and Padres have an important series. The Rays and Yankees, very important series. They're fun to watch though. We're gonna go the Brewers over the Padres tonight. I can't possibly do enough segments on the disaster that is the Padres. They have somehow not gotten as much attention as the Mets disaster, as the Yankees disaster. That's very East Coast bias. I get how West Coast people feel. Oh, there's so much East Coast bias. No one's paying attention to us on the West Coast. Oh my God, thank God there's East Coast bias. Who would want to pay attention to what's going on with the Padres? Please talk about the Yankees and Mets. The Padres are an unmitigated disaster. Meanwhile, the Brew Crew is going to win the division. Hell yeah. Let's go, Milwaukee. Saturday. Anytime I can take Tyler Glasnow, I'm taking him. Tyler Glasnow is an example of a pitcher who had Tommy John. Hi, I'm David Sampson. All right, I'm clear. One minute to go in the weekend. Can you imagine if I had the big one right now? Right now, we're about to be done with the show and I've got to do the test. Hi, I'm David Sampson. Tongue out, smiling, good, shiny, happy, people. Tyler Glasgow was one of the examples who had the contract when he was having Tommy John, a little money now, a lot of money later, take a year of his free agency away. He's happy. The team's happy. It's all good. Glasnow's back. He ironically is through Tommy John as opposed to the other 10 pitchers on the Rays who are not. And the Rays are playing the Yankees who broke their nine game losing streak two days ago, and they were going to make their run to the playoffs. And then they lost the series to the Nationals. We are taking the Rays over the Yankees on Saturday. I'm sorry, New Yorkers. Not sorry. Hey, you're a day closer to Cheater. Look at the bright side. Have a great weekend. Thank you for your time every day. And I mean that. I mean everything I say. I appreciate you and I appreciate your loyalty. It's just business. This is nothing personal. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.